Hey folks, Frank here. Uh, this is another throwback episode. This month we are doing the three episodes that we did on a series of unfortunate ev events um, that is available on Netflix and produced by Netflix. And uh, it's a uh, John and I, of course, we, we really enjoyed this series um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. This episode actually released originally in early March of 2018. The series itself premiered the uh, first season in 2017. We didn't get to it until a year later because um, we don't plan things out very well sometimes. But uh, this is the first episode of three that we'll be releasing this month on that series. And this covers the first season. Um, uncharacteristically, I'm leaving the skit in uh, this episode. Normally I pull them out, uh, especially the later episodes, because it gets kind of it gets kind of uh, lost. Uh, the, the, the skits don't make any sense because there is a little bit of continuity. This is pretty early on still in the process. And sometimes the skits really kind of hit on the, uh, the, the episode. So this is going to be a rarity. One of the reasons I'm leaving it in is because John and I just had fun doing it. And it, and we found it funny, whether you do or not is uh, subjective, but we had a lot of, t a lot of fun doing it. One thing with the skits, uh, we didn't rehearse them. So they're, they're, they, they can tend to be a little bit rough. Um, we also would do them in one or two takes, sometimes three, if we really flub something up. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of roughness to it, but, uh, I hope you enjoy. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this episode. The audio is not the greatest, but it's a lot better quality than uh, some of our earlier episodes. So. Anyway, without further ado, here's a series of unfortunate events, season one. Music, 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 music. Well, well, well. You sounded uncharacteristically confident and pleased. As it turns out, I am. Okay. So it would seem that three wayward, wealthy orphans showed up on my door the other day, calling me Uncle Frank, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting some of their sweet, sweet cash. You don't remember them? That seems like you'd have known them if you were if they were your nieces and nephews. I mean, you've, you've had like 18 or something last I counted. Actually, you'd be surprised. It's way more than that. Uh, I got so many now that I just nod like I know them whenever I see them in the grocery store. I assume their parents have, at the very least, pointed me out at a family function or maybe even a picture. And these ones are wealthy. I'm pretty sure. They all had on some very, very nice clothing, including cummerbunds, floofy shirts, and a pocket watch. Made a big show of the utensils at dinner, too. What sort of show? They knocked the utensils down onto the ground and said that if I was going to be so careless with my table settings, they'd just eat like dogs, because that's how they felt they were being treated. And then? They ate like dogs. Are you sure they aren't just, like, your dogs? Huh. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> nah, I haven't seen any of the little ones. I haven't seen any of the little ones now for a while. It does make sense. Now that I think about it, the clothes don't fit all that well, and they keep insisting on going outside to poop and for snacks. For snacks? Never mind. I, I, I don't want to know. I think you're being conned, Frank. <laughs> My dogs aren't smart enough to do that. No, but I know who is. Start the show! Right. Uh, that was before the intro for a while. I found that far funnier than I uh, than I did reading it. Anticipated. Like it was really <laughs> funny out loud. It was not so funny reading. <laughs> well, that that's uh, that's a trick. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so so we we are talking about uh, the first season of a series of unfortunate events. Look away uh, now. Netflix series. 
Look away. Look away. Look away. God, I love we are not song. Neil Patrick. Like I get that. We, I, get I do too. Stuck it's in my so head cute. for days, but it's like it's stuck there in my head for days, and I'm okay with it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gen- like, yes, this is okay. I'm liking this. <laughs> this is awesome. We. We do not. We do not have the same vocal quality that Neil Patrick Harris does. No, though, because uh, uh, we haven't found uh, the same witch to trade his soul for. <laughs> no. Um, so, for those of you not familiar with this series, uh, you're pre- you're obviously not familiar with the books either. Yeah. If it, you've it, it read the books, books, it was a lot of books. It's like what, like thirteen? It was thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. It was thirteen, 13 total books. Well, thirteen in the main series, and then there's. I think a group of five or six books that are like about some of the other characters. Yeah, another one that's like specifically uh, that about books. Lemony Snicket, which is oddly a a weird bit of a weird kind of spoiler in the fact that Lemony Snicket is not the main character. Yeah, or even really like uh, as I understand in the books, like he kind of almost doesn't show up at all. Sort of a mystery as to why it's called because no. I remember there being a mystery about why it was called Lemony Snicket. When he never shows up, yeah. Now, in in first off, I haven't read the books, and I don't know if you have. You read any of the books? Uh, my mom has read all of them, which is why I'm trying to convince okay. her to watch the uh, show. It did not work. Yeah. Um. So yeah. If you, if you've read the books, and I ha- I haven't read the books either, and you haven't you haven't read the books. Uh, if you've read the books, watch the show. It's like highly enjoyable. It's like it's. Even if you haven't read the books, watch the show because it's it's incredibly fun. Like it's just a fun, yeah. Uh, very, it's fairly dark. I mean, it is. It's a dark show, yeah. of course. At the same time, it's cartoonish. At the same time, which you know yeah. fits into our modus operandi anymore. Um, we're we're going to talk about the plot and the characters kind of at the same time. Um, I don't want to get too much detail. For a lot of them, they're kind of linked. Yeah, a lot of the characters kind of disappear. As yes, <laughs> in different ways. In different ways, they don't all disappear in the in similar ways. It's just in different ways. Um, so the the show opens up with with Le- the character of Lemony Snicket, played by one of my favorite actors, character actors Patrick yeah. Warburton, um, who is I rewatched his Tick. Yeah, he, a little bit ago. He's probably best known and for the that Tick. Show was the, and that show was before his time. Was 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 before its time. Like if it yeah. had, if it had come out now, almost unaltered, come out now, it would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have. Just it probably would have done really well. Gone gangbusters. Yeah. Yeah. The, Patrick Warburton's on a lot of stuff. He he was in. I I'm I'm kind of lukewarm to warm for Seinfeld, but he was on a lot. He was in. He had a, a couple of seasons on Seinfeld or a season on Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm. His. I'm actively indifferent to Seinfeld. His big thing right now is Family Guy, where he voices Joe Swanson. Um, yeah, but he, he, he does he, a lot of other kind of random voice work. He does a ton of voice work. Um, it's uh, well, I mean, when you got a voice like that. I mean, uh, the Venture Brothers uh, you got which, it. Fucking work. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, he he's he plays Lemony Snicket, and Lemony Snicket basically comes in, and he's the narrator for the show. And he basically every time he shows up, he's but, like. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, but, but also, like, within the, within, like, the, the construction of the show, he's the narrator. Yes. Within the world of the show, he is an investigator going after, who's, who's basically trying to catalog the events of what happened afterwards. Yes. Like, he's, and, and he's part of some secret society. Yes. Maybe, we think. We think. And there's, there's this woman that he was in love with. There's there's uh there's very large hints dropped about the secret society uh, that the children's parents uh, are part of and a lot of the other characters are part of most of the other adult characters are part of um, the the show opens up with him narrating like you know you don't want to watch this show it's terrible the things that happen to these kids is awful and then the Baudelaire children uh, Violet played by L- Melina Weissman Klaus played by Lewis Hines. And Sonny, who is a baby, played by Presley Smith, uh, their parents die in a house fire while they're at the beach. And they each have a certain quality about them. Uh, Violet is uh, very inventive. 
she's very mechanically inclined. Uh, Klaus is book smart. He's he's able to. He's, he's very yeah. Um, th- they're also all like hyper logical to the point that I find it a little unsettling, honestly. Yes. Um, with the exception of the baby, who's a baby, but yeah, the, the, there's I mean, there are times when they come up with this almost sociopathic calm that that worries me about those two children. Yes. <laughs> particularly particularly a violet. Yes. Klaus, you see like these little flashes of emotion occasionally, but now the baby, her special ability, like Klaus is book smart. He has a, and and uh, understands math and science very well. Um, but he has a b- ability to retain information very well and understands how to find it in in like a library setting. Um, Sunny, the baby, uh, her special ability uh, is she has super sharp teeth that can. F- she can use to make stuff with out of other stuff. So you like hand her like a piece of wood and she can make uh, a airplane or something out of it. It's bizarre. Like that's one of probably the most cartoonish part of the, the series. Yeah. One of the most cartoonish parts. Um, they are sent to live with the first person they're sent to live with is count Olaf, who is the villain of the series. Uh, the overarching villain played by Neil Patrick Harris. And uh, this is one of the best, I think one of the best moments of casting uh, that I think I know of. Count Olaf ends up with the children because he convinces Mr. Poe, who is the executor at the bank for the estate of their parents, that he is their closest living relative. And he means that literally in that he's the closest relative to them uh, within a certain radius, within within like mi- mileage distance. Um, Mr. Mr. Poe is really stupid. Mr. Like, Poe, really played by K- Kate Todd Freeman. Uh, he's very, very well-meaning, but he is catastrophically stupid. The thing about it, I love this. I love, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. Between, uh, it's just... <laughs> I mean, he's he's terrible. Like he's just a terrible person, and, and he's so incompetent. I find him so likable, if that makes any sense at all. Um, he, he kind of reminds. There's like a, a a raccoon quality to him, where you know, where he's like he's he's doing these awful things, and he's and he's and he's messing stuff up, messing stuff up. But he's so proud of what he has. Yeah. And just like they like, and they just look at you, and they're like, yes. Yes, I'm carrying this chicken bone. What of it? It is my chicken bone, and I am proud of my chicken bone. Um, Many others are like it, but this one is mine. The The way the series is structured is uh, there are 13 books in the series, so there's going to be three seasons. Um, the first season takes uh, has the first four books. So every episode is paired. So part the first episode is the first part of the first book. The second episode is the second part of the first book. The third episode is the first part of the second book and so on. So in the first part, the first two episodes, uh, Count Olaf brings the children in. Turns out he's a terrible, terrible human being. Um, they be, they're befriended by, uh, Justice Strauss played by Joan Cusack, um, who has a nice library for the kids to utilize. Uh, Count Olaf decides that he's going to get their money and he's going to do it by marrying Violet. Uh, however, uh, they're overlooking the fact that one, he's technically related to her and two, she may not be legal. Well, you know, uh, however, well, she's definitely not legal, but with yeah. the consent of her guardian, which is him. She's old enough. Yeah. Yes. Which is this weird loophole? Um, now, if I remember, it would not fly. Yeah, no, it that would so would not fly. <laughs> this, this is like the worst. This is like one of the worst. He, he uh, there's <laughs> the nefarious undertones that he, he's trying Count to get Olaf. their money. Count Olaf is also not smart. He's incredibly cunning, but not smart. Yes, he's ruthless and cunning, but he's dumb. Yes. <laughs> He forces her. They force. He forces them into the whole marriage thing because they're going to put on a play. They're going to get Justice Strauss to be 
the justice of the peace to marry them on the stage of the play and then but actually sign the documents so everything's legal um which i believe them they could probably even be uh hit with some kind of entrapment there because <laughs> forcing somebody to do something like that's legally binding but is illegal and tricking them into it like it's one of those words like i think that may actually that in and of itself may actually be really illegal well, there's so much illegal shit going on in that this whole first yeah. two episodes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah which, which is the first book. Like each each episode or every two episode block is a book. The thing with Count Olaf is he's an actor. That's his big claim to fame, and he has this acting troupe of henchmen that uh, <laughs> I I was gonna kind call them out. <laughs> they are they're such a motley crew. There's the old ladies who are twins. Sort of, yeah. Um, there's the. You seem to like both have this these weird, like a weird crush on Olaf, or something. Yeah. That, you get that that they're the reason why they're working for him is sexual in nature. It's never like outright said, but it's kind of yeah hinted at in creepy ways. Then there's the henchman, the hench person of indeterminate indeterminate gender, uh, who's in several episodes. Um, then there's the hook handed man. He has hooks on both of his hands. Uh, he's played by Usman Ali. If you wa- watch, actually be one of my favorites. Yeah, if you watch, if you ever watch the the what is it, Daily Show, especially back when John Stewart was on it, he was on there uh, quite a bit. Um, then there's uh, the strong man. I, I don't, I don't remember even his. I think that might just be what he's credited yeah. as. Yeah, they don't even really, they don't even really go into it. Like, I think actually the hook hand guy is one of my favorites because of the one one the ways they hide the hooks in the stupid costumes always my, amuse me. My favorite's when he's when they're when he's the supposed to be the police person in the the policeman yeah. in the second. He's, 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 trying he's to got the rubber rubber hands. Um, he's got big rubber hands on and he's trying to eat peaches with a spoon and just like just screwing it up royally. It's it's kind of beautiful. So, uh, they, they end up getting, they end up basically showing, uh, Count Olaf's intentions, uh, at the end of the, the end of the second episode and, but him and his, his henchmen escape. Uh, that's the big thing is always escape. And so Mr. Poe takes them to, uh, uh, uncle, their uncle Monty played by Asif Mandvi. Who happens to be my favorite? One of my favorite characters in the play. He was, my, he was, yeah, I think he's one of my favorite characters. He was like his two episodes. I think are my two favorite episodes. Um, he so is a uh, what is it called? The herbologist, the lizards, the study, the herpetologist. scientist who studies herpetologist. The herpetologist. He, herpetologist. He, yeah. he he studies reptiles, and he has this vast reptile. It's called the the reptile room, part one and part two, and uh, yeah. Count Olaf shows up with the bald head, uh, his eyebrows shaved in with a beard and, uh, pretending to be his, uh, his new assistant that he didn't ask his, for his new assistant that he didn't ask for. And, uh, so the kids see right through the guy's disguise and uncle Monty realizes that something's amiss. Um, so he goes to a movie theater and this is where some more of the, uh, secret society subplot comes in and discovers and gets some, a secret code to take the kids to Peru. Uh, this is after introducing them to the, uh, snake. This is the most world's most deadly viper. Yes. is the world. I'm, uh, I'm world, terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the world's most deadly viper or something or something along those lines. It, Right, that's probably correct, but it also kind of doesn't matter if that one's correct. But the point because is, that it has this name that's incredibly intimidating and, and incredibly terrifying. But it's it's a very peaceful, loving it's, creature. It's, like, it, it, it's not it's not even like the, that. It's peaceful. It's like this thing is a cuddle snake. Like yeah, <laughs> sort of like bounces around and hugs people, and that's what it does. And it's just happy and delightful. And and like uh, was it uh, Violet and Klaus who have no no ability to comprehend artistry or or absurdity um yeah 
just look at it and, and they're like, why would you do that? Like, they, they cannot for any, like, you see the little logical gears in their heads, like, start to just rattle because they can't compute. Um, yes. And then he's like, oh, because those, because once those, uh, once, so like to put it to those people at the Herpetological Society, like, you yeah. know, just kind of really get them, really get at them. Um, <laughs> Doing yeah. like, so they're going to be like, oh, it's an incredibly deadly viper. And then I'm, and right in the middle of my presentation, I'm going to open the I'm going to open the case and it's going to pounce and they're all going to freak out. And he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. it's delightful. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Unfortunately, Count Olaf kills Uncle Monty with a syringe that is a double syringe. Yeah. that he, he fills with poison and tries to frame the, 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 the viper. Well, the kids are able to prove to Mr. Poe in the group of quote unquote police investigators that are actually Count Olaf's henchmen in disguise. <laughs> I lose that term loosely. Peaches. <laughs> with the rubber hands. That's um, still my favorite thing in this entire fucking show. <laughs> peaches with the you, rubber hands. Would you like would you like some peaches? They're really good. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's offering to be like, huh? Huh? <laughs> they're just falling off the fork. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, like, he's like trying to angle it right, and he's like, ah, ah. yeah. It's... Anyway, oh, count all off, yeah. count all off, and the henchmen get away again. Uh, and the kids are taking to their Aunt Josephine, who lives on top of this uh, massive hill in this very large house that is um, very. Is very precariously balanced on this this precipice. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's, and, it, and it's next to I think what's called I think they just called it the very large lake. No, it's, it's like Lake Lac- it's, it's Lake, lake- it, it's Lake Lacrimos. Okay, well, yeah, I, I don't know why lake I can Lacrimos. remember that. I always just remember it. Yeah, I just remember it as the very large lake because the the only thing of note and the only important the only thing important to the plot about it is the fact that this boat is large or this lake is large enough that hurricanes form on it yeah <laughs> which which is thinking like that's one hell of a that's one hell of a lake it's because because even <laughs> because even even the great lakes don't have hurricanes that form on them no i don't think there's, there's not a single lake in the world where hurricanes form on them which leads me to believe that the this this series takes place in sort of an alternate earth um, it ha- I mean, it I, has I have to. some. I have. I. I. I have some ideas, but, but that's in um, tone. That's, that's going to be in tone and themes, and maybe insane fan theories. But uh, this. This is the wide. This is the wide window part one and part two. The two episodes, the wide windows part one yeah. and part two. Um, good. Uh, Aunt Josephine. Um, she's traumatized by her uh, husband. Her husband's death. Uh, he died yeah. from leeches that live in the lake. Uh, he he went swimming too soon after he ate and they attacked him and, and killed him. Um, and, uh, which by the way, the, those things would make a damn fine D and D monster. It's true. You stack those babies that, up. You know, yeah. Yeah. well, they, I think they have some leeches that are fairly close to stat it up in a few versions of D and D. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but specifically that thing of where they gain, like if the, the, where if you've eaten recently, they basically can like zoom in directly on you. Ah, uh, like, yeah. that's kind of like, I mean, it's, it's, it's one that would be difficult to kind of keep track of, but it's like a cool enough little mechanic that I would totally do. Except for I'd give them legs. Yeah. Cause I'm like that. Well, and of teeth. course, of course. Um, Aunt Josephine is, is paranoid and a uh, shut in because of this, of her husband's death. And she's also, but she's also a, uh, gram, grammarian. She's, she's obsessed with grammar and language. Um, and secret codes. And secret codes. Now, Count Elof, of course, shows up again. This time he's pretending to be a sailor. Uh, and he tries to woo Aunt Josephine. Actually convinces her to go to dinner. So, yeah, it was so, like, crazy lonely and just PTSD crazy that she agrees and won't listen at all to anything bad said about the man, despite the fact that well, despite the fact that it's kind of implied that all these people they've been to, like Monty and the rest of them, knew Olaf when he was younger, and he doesn't exactly change all that much. 
No, his his disguises are not there. You know, well, just... see, here's the thing: like Monty may not have recognized him, but he did. He did believe the kids. Like he's like, okay, yeah, you're yeah. just it's probably it's bad. true. That, that was like uh, that was the one thing that I really gave gave Monty, and you know, it's one that I I wished could have happened with uh with the the Justice Strauss, but by then it was like the well, they're your legal guardians, and I don't, he's your legal guardian. I don't have any. Yeah, I can actually help with that. I'm sorry. I'm still curious how she fits into all of it, but maybe she doesn't. Maybe she just happens yeah, to have the book. Just, well, yeah, she she has a book that, well, but she also didn't. She didn't seem to know she had a book. That's that's fair. Because because in the episode, because at the end of the episode when she pulls it out, she's like she she finds it as if like, whoa! It, it, the the looks that she gives are, what the hell is this? Not. Oh, we're doing this again! Like, aha! I had a light. It wasn't a light bulb moment. It was like a sincere, like confused moment. Wait, yeah. what? She, yeah. she, uh, yeah. She has a book in her library that is has to do with the secret society, but she herself more than likely doesn't have anything to do with the secret society, based off yeah, based off what we can see. Um. So in the wide window, she, she, Aunt Josephine. She goes out to dinner with him. Uh, they go back to the house, and when the kids wake up, um, she has "quote unquote" committed suicide. Um, now, he—it turns out she didn't commit suicide. Um, yeah, well, I did, but here's the thing: she wrote a suicide note that gave, you know, like it made uh, the 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 captain. Their legal guardian, uh-huh. and was riddled with grammatical errors. Yes, which the kids immediately realized was it could not be written by her because she wouldn't have uh, she wouldn't have used yeah. so many grammatical errors. Yeah. Um. What 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 she what she leaves what she leaves in the note is a is a cipher that's enough to open up her wall safe. Yeah. Which leads which leads gives the kids a map that leads them to. Uh, some secret caves that uh, she is hiding at, um, and, and also gives a a picture at a like at a lumber mill. Yes, a picture of all of all of, all, all of all of the the, the people here, like uh, the, the parents, Uncle, Moore, Uncle Monty, um, the parents, all these pe- all these people are, are here in this picture at this lumber. Yeah, mill. and I, get, I think it should be said right now. One thing that is sort of uh, running throughout all of this is uh, it's apparent the parents aren't actually dead. Uh, somehow they escaped the fire and they... That is what we are told. That is... At, at this point in time, that's what we're led to assume. And... Uh, yes. And... Because you, you see them. They they escape. They, they end up in Peru. Uh, shows the shows the father. And the parent shows the father making phone, some phone calls to other people and them trying to get, get planes to... And talking about the three kids, and yeah, and 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 the mother and the father, and that's those are the only names were given. Uh, mother's played by Colby Smulders, uh, who you know mm-hmm. would know from if you're a Marvel fan would know from the Avengers and uh, uh, Iron yeah. Man movies. Um, and uh, the father's played by Will Arnett, who uh, is the voice of BoJack Horseman. You know from just shy of anywhere, yeah, and like it is. Is plays what like a, a a heart. Basically, he either has like insane, insanely uh, um, well received niche products, or failed mainstream or failed mainstream products. Yeah, and that's all he has. Like everything, everything is either like like absolute bangbuster, like in the in in some obscure cor- in some uh, some obscure corner. Like people who love, you know, like the, and I, I consider, yes, Arrested Development fans. I consider you an insane subgroup. Uh, screw you, man! An insane sub. Screw you, subgroup. Arrested Development. He plays Joe. You're not saying I'm not inaccurate. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, screw you, man. I am not inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. hey, well, then there's stuff like Bo, like BoJack Horseman that has a lot of like, uh, clin- like has a lot of like you know critical esteem and that stuff there, but it's also despite the fact that it is. 
one like it has moments that are some of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's also almost unwatchably dark a lot of the time. It's so it, it's insane. It's another it, niche product. It's niche, but in some ways, I think it may be more popular than, than and it's just because it's more current. Well, uh, no, I, I, think, I think it, I think it does. I, I think it does, and I think it does, and that, that's one that we may actually at some point ought to consider. No, abso- absolutely, um, but we di- we digress because of course we do, because um, that's 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 who we are as human beings. So anyway, the so the mother and father are at this point in in the narrative, we're given we see stuff that indicate that they're still alive. Um, yeah. And that they're that they're running around, that they're using the codes, that, and that they are bound and determined to get back to the three children. Um, and of course, Aunt Josephine, uh, the kids go to find Aunt Josephine in the cave, and of course, she she's like, "Nope, we're staying in the cave. This is where we live now." Uh, the house is destroyed during the and hurricane, she, and she's also like, um, "Like what? You didn't bring any food?" Like the oh, like well, well, this is, and she's like, "This is where we live now," and they're like, "Um." No, God damn it! There's <laughs> <laughs> this moment with like with like a Violet and Klaus and look at each other and they're just like, oh God damn it! What did we? Why did we just wait? Why did we waste time on this bullshit? <laughs> they 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 managed to drag her back. <laughs> However, uh, they see they're intercepted by by uh, Count Olaf in his disguise. Um, yeah, and uh, some dude like some dude, they end up. Like somewhere between them getting Josephine back and her falling off the boat, yeah. like falling off the boat to be eaten by leeches because she ate half an hour. That's before. that's the that's um, the thing. They She's, end up she gets eaten by the leeches. Yeah, that's the thing that happens. Then they, she get they get picked up by they get picked up by Poe and the and the captain. Yeah, who his big thing is is like the well he doesn't have the little symbol tattooed on his ankle because. So he can't possibly be Kent Olaf because he has no ankle because he has a peg leg. And of course, they once again they show that it was like, show that he is uh, hiding it. Um, he, he's yeah. discovered yet again. Yeah, and, but and, but a lot of that's with the help of of this guy at this little like kind of party restaurant thing, like a kids restaurant. Where yeah, the, the guy's dressed as a clown. And, and he's pretty obvious. Um, but he's also a member of the secret society. Yeah, he's pretty obviously in the, in the secret society. Okay, they get to the point where they escape from Olaf, uh, Olaf at the, at the like, at the freaky clown restaurant uh-huh. thing um, because the guy sort of reminds them that like he sort of doesn't he does it really subtly it's like a, it's it's the reasons why they had the uh, in in Dungeons and Dragons they had the ability to like it wasn't under talk but like to sort of um thieves oh, can't uh, uh well thieves can't no it's the 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 innuendo innuendo yeah. like like through through that innuendo where I'm I'm saying one thing but I'm talking about something else yeah. and and eventually the kids catch on and it's like oh we're going to have you. We're, we're like you're all deathly afraid of peppermint. Yeah, I'm going to give you some mints under your burgers. You unwrap them, stick them in your mouth for just long enough that you start to show sim- start to show sh- symptoms. Then they can get you to the hospital, and then and then that's how they then through there that's how they escape. Eventually, you know, King Olaf's re- or, or not King Count Olaf's revealed as being Olaf. Um, Poe has him in like sort of. Has him in custody. Has him in uh, custody. It's actually funny that the the reason why my Freudian slip there with custody is actually going to be funny in a moment here is because he then wanders off to go get a free sample of chowder because he's because he's sort of stress eating. Yeah. And during that time, during that time, Olaf escapes, and the kids run off to the lumber mill because that's the only next lead they have. Yes. I actually fell asleep during the end of that one. I've seen it before. Yeah, okay. I've seen it, I've seen it before, but it's been like okay. six months. It's fine. Well, it is. It well, I mean, any of these like one of the reasons why like I, I kind of wanted to sort of like, like I realized that I realized it's not entirely possible, but I kind of want to gloss over a lot of the kind of plot stuff with this with this series is because the plots are so complex. There's so many moving parts in the. I feel. I feel that it's insane. I feel that we have been glossing over the plot stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, like the, even even as much as we've talked about it and as as complex as as it is, we are easily just sort of like glazing through on the lightest with the lightest touch. Yeah. 
Um, at the mail, they get to meet uh, Sir, played by Don Johnson, and uh, Dr. Orwell, who is an ophthalmologist. Doc- yeah, Dr. Orwell does not come in for for a while. But one, one character you don't have listed here that I think should be listed with Sir is Sir's partner. I can't remember You're right, name. And, I, and I completely Charles. forgot that. Charles. Yes, Sir's partner, Charles, who is played by the guy who... Martin Freeman? It's not. It's not Martin Freeman. It's not Martin Freeman. Oh, it's Reese Darby. Yeah, I thought that sounded wrong. Reese Darby. Yeah, Reese Darby. Reese Darby. <laughs> that means less to be than Reece Martin Darby, Freeman. who was in. He looks like Martin Freeman. He looks like a young yeah. Martin Freeman. I think he could. He really does look like Martin Freeman. Um, yeah, no, he's he's uh, the the New Zealand comedian. Um, I watched some of his stand up, and well, kind of sucks. <laughs> I did not much care for it. But every time I see him in like an actual series show, I'm like, "Yay! It's Reese! I love this guy." So I would be his friend that was like there for every play he was in. But as soon as he's like, "Hey, come to my stand-up show," and it's a dude. No, you are way funnier with other people's words. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna come to your stand-up yeah. show. Um, yeah, he's also the he's also the leader of the werewolves in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, he is. And that show is hilarious, and you should everyone should watch it. Yeah, need to review that one too. Yeah, we we might have to. It's the one vampire movie I like. Um, well, that Thirty Days of Night kind of the 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 folks work in the lumber mill. They work for sandwich tokens. Uh, they do not work for money. No, no, they work for they work for coupons. Oh, sandwich coupons. Yeah, they work for yeah. And gum. It's sandwich coupons and gum. There's no even like a sandwich thing there. It's just coupons and gum. And gum. Yeah. I'm going to let you take this too because I didn't have a chance to rewatch the last two episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, they, they they show up. Um, they're caught sort of breaking – like sort of breaking in and, and Mr. Sir and you know, Charles basically talks to Mr. Sir – at first, it's pretty clear that he's trying to, like, talk Mr. Sir into, like, maybe we could adopt them because they're there and they're and they're adorable and they're children. Yeah. Maybe. And, and then Sir's like, nah, I couldn't deal with anybody who doesn't, who doesn't work. And, like, and, and Mr. Sir is, or Sir is, like, the manliest man there. And it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of delightful to see the, like, to see the interplay there. Between he and um, he and Charles, uh, and well, and I mean delightful for this show. Yeah, yeah. This show, like delightful in this show, has a completely different meaning than in any other show. Yeah, because in um, this show, most all the adults seem to die off except for Count Olaf. <laughs> yeah, and basically, it goes it, it goes along, and then you meet uh, uh, Catherine O'Hare's character, Doctor Or Doctor Orwell. Yes, and Catherine really just nails this. She, this role. She, like she re- she's she's a lot of she's fun. She's really a delight to see, and is just is just wonderfully evil in this. Like she's just like that. I mean, it, it's that, that it's that great like snidely whiplash kind of kind of evil where it's like doesn't even make sense, but you're like okay. And she's she's yes. she's uh <laughs> she's hypnotizing the the workers. Uh, using her uh, mm-hmm. her ophthalmology with their with their free eye exam every week that every, that everybody gets because it's really important in a lumber mill sawmill employee yeah like <laughs> weekly Re- weekly ophthalmology <laughs> weekly, weekly eye exams okay anyway yeah weekly eye exams it's very important it's, that's how that's how that's how boards are made man. yeah. How bored you got to have twenty twenty vision, um, but, but indeed, indeed. Um, but so she's basically been hypnotizing the whole thing, and surprise, she is Count Olaf's ex girlfriend. Yes, and he shows up, of course. Yes. Uh, this time in drag. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, like a a an eerily good drag. Yes, like this is probably the this is the like like if, if it weren't for the. If it weren't for the ways that they had intentionally made like kind of uglied him up, Neil Patrick Harris is a pre- is a is a uh, a quite pretty woman. It's, it's true, which is disconcerting to me. Yes, um, I mean, not saying that he couldn't be a pretty woman if he wanted to. I'm just saying that 
I don't want him to. This, I will have to say. I will have to say this. This is by far the best disguise he has in the entire series thus far. It's true. This is, yeah. It, yeah. It is the one that make that he looks the least like who he uh, who he actually. Yeah, is. he doesn't look like Count Olaf in this. Which, by the way, for for even how like cartoony it all is, the uh, the the makeup design and the costume design is really kind of tough. Well, I. Like that weird. means going off and there's a little bit of a, a tangent like the, the every, all the design work I think is fantastic like the the sets and the props yeah. are are spot on yeah. for for what this what the series needs and 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 whatnot yeah. uh it's amazing like the the sets they have for each of the locations that the kids end up at are are, are wonderful. I think some of the there's some of the best in in TV and TV series, especially for like quote unquote children's television. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. Um, I'm we're we're gonna I'm gonna go even more glossy overy. Okay. Um, they figure out yeah they figure out she's hypnotizing people after after um they hypnotize Klaus yeah. And eventually, apparently, there's like a code word. There's a code word that that uses that when you say that code word, it ends it ends the hypnosis. Yes. Which is also why, despite the fact that there was this huge fire, that their parents were definitively involved in. Yeah. Um. There's nobody says the word fire. Yeah. And if you say the word fire, then people start like like it brings them out of their it brings them out of their trance. Yeah. And 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 they all at the end of the series they all come out of their trance and attack uh yeah, sir and because I think I think I think a violet gets to the actual mic and starts screaming fire 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 yeah. once they once they figure this out. And and there's also like a bit like when I when I say the whole side snidely whiplash thing like it's 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 really snidely whiplashy because they end up with a point where it's um it's not Count Olaf it's uh it's Doctor Orwell yeah who which is seriously Doctor Orwell brainwashing people like I kind of love how like part of me is like oh that's so ham fisted yeah and then the other part of me is like that is so delightfully ham fisted yeah. <laughs> like you could you could you could make a huge pot of soup with that ham fist. <laughs> Um, but she goes there, and she's she at, at this point she's got uh, Klaus hypnotized, and he's tied to a log that is down, going down the buzz saw to be split. Yes, what? yeah, and then the then the then Violet's able to snap Klaus out of it using his code word of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's. And then, so like they save, like they save every, they save everyone. I, I'm glossing over a lot of it because this is another one of those that's well, and, and the plot is really complicated. It, yeah, I mean, all of the episodes are a little that way. The last one is the one that I think it's the most convoluted. Yeah, yeah, it's almost masterfully fucked up. Um, anyway, they they get everyone, they break everyone out of their trance. They attack uh, Sir and uh, Doctor O'Hare. Um, and Count Olaf in a disguise. Although once again. He gets away, um, and promises to never date anyone again. As he walks away with the like the big, the big uh, cloud or the big uh, um, cloud or uh, with the big Olaf hair, but like Olaf hair, but still in the dress and the high heels, and he's walking with that sort of angry manly gait that Olaf has, but in high heels. Yeah, it's kind of a beautiful image. <laughs> like it's kind of just it's. It's it's a beautiful it's one of those beautiful absurdities his, that I just his face mocked. his face sneering as he does, um, uh, inordinate that was the word inordinate inordinate with Klaus is the inordinate inordinate because they kept like the, one they used the words a couple of times before he's hypnotized and everybody was like why why would a kid use like why would a child use a words a word like inordinate yeah um, my question is is and how that one ends is Mr Poe finds them. Because because his wife was a former investigative reporter, it's true. And she's like, "Oh, I'm going to save the day," and so he picks them up and he takes them to their next place, which is apparently just a boarding school. Yes, and you also discover that was built. Uh, the, the, yeah, and you also just so, before that because there's a bit there where they drive in and they're like, "Oh, this place uh, was originally made by uh, a, a um an a architect who had." suicidal depression and you look and all the buildings are like just these giant tombstones 
as you're driving up through it and like it looks like this big like ancient dark grueling cemetery and, and everything and it's it's uh it's pretty wonderful yeah but anyway well i was gonna say uh and and during all this and i don't remember what episode it's in uh you discover that uh the parents are not the Baudelaire's parents, but they're another group of children's parents. No. And they are also at the board, kinda... boarding school. Yeah. Which brings us to the end of the first season. I, I didn't actually I didn't actually I didn't actually count catch that that the, the, the ones there were Yeah, the they're the same the, the ones, same uh, they're the same kids. Were those were those same kids. Um huh. the, 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 that makes it really more interesting. We we would have done this a while back, but we didn't because we didn't for whatever reason, this show didn't end up on our radar when it first came out. Uh, I watched it. I think I, I think I watched it randomly. I watched it. Uh, like, I know. I, I know. I watched it way before you did. You did. I watched it. But I was just like, oh, hey, this is kind of. I cool. watched it like the beginning of November. You watch this. I watched it the beginning of November. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it. I, mine wasn't that far after it came out. Um, it was like within a couple of months of it coming. But out. I only, I only, I only got, I only got. Partway through my watch rewatch for this episode of the podcast because uh, time issues. Uh, however, I, I've watched through it one and a half times now. Um, John has watched through it at least twice. That being said, the reason why we want to talk about it is because the second season comes out in about a month uh, from the recording of this. Well, the end of this month. Yeah, at the end of this month. It's because today's March 1st. The end of this month as of recording. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about the second season a little bit within a w- few weeks after it actually releases this time. Uh, so we wanted to to get our thoughts on it on the first season uh, early, uh, at least before the, the second one actually came out. And so first off, if you like the books, I haven't read the books, so maybe the, maybe the show is horrible compared to the books. I don't know. But at least watch the first the first two episodes. See what you think. Uh, if you don't like the books, uh, watch this show. This show is delightful, especially if you like dark, uh, dark comedies. Because this really is. A, I mean, it's it's a kids show, yeah, but well, it, it's a dark well, it's a dark comedy. Really, it's very, well, it's 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 very dark, and in, in some cases, it's honestly oppressively dark. Yes, but part of the thing that brings it up is one. They point out the oppressive darkness of everything to the point that it sort of like becomes almost meaningless. Yeah, you're just sort of like, oh, like you know, where, where it kind of it kind of loses some of that. It loses some of its its power, and then the world they've created is so cartoonish and absurd. Yeah, and like brightly arcoon, or like in, in in that way where like the the actions of all the characters and their motives, though they themselves are dark and brooding. Yeah. Everything is sort of like driven by this bright, absurdist cartoon logic, which and cartoon reality to it. That's that's just this wonderful balance. It's like it, it's one where, where it, it makes me immediately think of like uh, food I've eaten where it was just like perfectly balanced, where all where you had all these different flavors and they were all like just playing together uh, beautifully. And that's one of the things I really had with this, yeah, with the show and why you know I watched it two times during the during my rewatch. Uh, there's so much just delightful little things that the show does. Um, I I don't know. I kind of missed the first time through. Um, and uh, some of it some of it has to do with line deliveries. Um, <laughs> strangely enough, because mm-hmm. there there were moments when I I I laughed like I I was just like, huh, I did not find it that funny the first time I watched it. Um, <laughs> I did not find this the scene particularly funny the first time I watched it, but for whatever reason this time well, it really. Like, I, I think the, the the first time is when the the first time through is when you get hit with the the darkness the darkness in tone yeah and the um and 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 you're and you're trying to really like narrow down and follow all the plots yeah so it is so the first time through. Is a much more is a is a very serious watch. Yes, it's a serious it's a serious watch when you watch through it. And even though the show itself gets a little silly, um, you you take it very seriously the first time because the plots are just so meshed, yeah. and intricate. Yes, and that and then the second time, once you know what's going to happen, you can let yourself see these humor. You can let yourself see the humor there, 
And that's when you have, you know, the moment with the peaches that makes me giggle every time. Oh, my God. That's that whole. That's when that and that's when that suddenly shine out. Uh, that whole that whole scene is as depressing as it is because Monty, uh, Uncle Monty's dead. That whole scene is just, uh, especially with. Uh, it's. I think it's one of the best scenes in the. In the, it, it, <laughs> the entire it, I think show, it probably is for my money. Um, the tone and themes of it, uh, like I say, it, it's it's a it's a dark, it's a dark series, and of course it is because it's called a series of unfortunate events. Um, and I yeah. had the impression that one of the reasons the I could be way off base here, having not actually read the books, but I get the impression that maybe one of the reasons why uh, the books were written, one of his maybe maybe one of his motivating subconsciously perhaps uh, motivating factors was mm-hmm. to sort of give kids, adolescents, and and, and young and uh, you know juveniles kind of a a way to approach death and tragedy in their lives. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that, and that, that's something that I think is actually kind of lacking in, or or can be lacking in a lot of kids' lives because we all, you know, yeah. I mean, we're getting better at children's entertainment. Oh yes, we are. Yes, I don't care. Like I've, I've got, I'm more than willing to get into into fights with people who you know talk about how awesome the '80s cartoons were. And I'd be like, no. the stuff we have better, the stuff we have now is so much better. Yeah, there's like so much better. Yeah, and if they go, I will say, fight me physically. I get a two. There's only get nothing. Shit there's only a, there's win. only a handful. There's only there's only one I think that could drop today and and be comparable, really, and that that's Batman the animated series, and and it's yeah. Um, we may actually need to start actually reviewing these ones so we can point out why they're hot garbage. I think that and is probably bit, something. Well, that's fine. We we actually that's something that we'll talk about because no, I, I think it's it's something that I yeah. uh, we we want to do. Uh, yeah, I, I, no, I think I think we, I think we definitely want to do it. It's just there's what little fond memories I have of such things. I don't want them to go away. Yeah, that's fair. I do want to do one on the on the Transformers. The original, original Transformers movie. <laughs> okay, because that's the that's that's the only bit of nostalgia I actually allow myself. I didn't even allow myself for the series. Yeah, like the series is hot garbage, and I will. We can we can review the series too if you like, because that would be. <laughs> yes, that would be horrible. <laughs> the Transformers eighty four movie, otherwise known as How to Sell Toys. Yes, <laughs> that's what this. Anyway, is we digress. We may some of this may get cut out yeah. for time, but. Uh, that's fine. Do you want to add anything to the tones and themes? Because I mean, I don't really know. Um, I think I think that the, the, like the best thing about this is that there's there's a like it kind of almost has the pace like the pacing and the and the and those tones and themes that a musical does. Yeah, where it's all very tight. Yeah, I mean, even even though even though there's there's no singing. No. Like it's not a it's not a well aside from that There's one no moment singing, in the first except episode. for the really <laughs> yeah and then the and then the and then the opening the opening theme song yeah we have to say that that opening theme song is fucking dynamic. and and the opening credits and the opening theme and song is the one one of the best things about it is it changes each episode and the lyrics change yeah. as well and he like goes and actually re-records new words uh, re- referring to the episode and what's going on in the plot and you see moments from the the episodes in the in the opening and it's it's just it's brilliant it's great um so insane fan theories uh neither of us have read the books so we have no idea what's coming down the chute no uh yeah so we're, we're working on we're working on a complete we're in a complete blind here um that being said i probably will read the books after like i might actually read up through the miserable mill or even through the first uh, set of books once the I've watched the you know watched the episodes yeah I I may even like but well, the thing the thing for me is that if I'm gonna if I'm, I'm either going to wait until all of the series exists yeah and I've watched it be or I'm just or I'm gonna read the whole thing and be spoiled well I, I yeah is basically that's that's how it's gonna work and I might do the same thing like I'm not sure which I might do um but ha- not having read the books, insane fan theories. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, because um, you seem to have. I some. think, um, yes. Um, 
one, I'm really curious. Well, one, this is this is this is less a theory and more like a question. There, like I'm, I really want to know who Lemony Snicket is, and like I like it's one where I really want to see some of the stuff with Lemony Snicket because he's clearly somebody and somebody of import. Yes, and he and like and you know so that really really interesting. I honestly think that just because of the way this whole thing goes. I think that the bad end that they keep implying over and over and over and over again yes. is either A, an outright lie, or B, something used to cover up, like to cover up the fact that the Baudelaire's are off somewhere happily, but they're protected from their I can I can see, or, or three, uh, just throwing this out here, they actually like die at the end of the series or the books. Um, yeah, well, no, that would be yeah, terrible. No, but if, I mean, with with the way with the way this goes and the way the series goes, like I don't think death is on the table because death as like with the way they talk about what happens to them. Yeah, death is far too mundane. Well, I I I like to think. Like, yeah, I think it's too mundane an end. Like I say, we haven't read the books. Please. Uh, I'm asking for myself. You can go ahead, but I'm asking for myself because I'm the one who maintains all of the social media stuff. Uh, John doesn't, <laughs> so don't don't spoil it for us. Don't, don't hey, I log in sometimes. <laughs> don't spoil it for me. <laughs> well, I what I'm saying is I'm I, I I'm the one who's con- I'm looking at the Twitter feed and the Facebook page and the and the blog and stuff like every day, where it's you you do it once in a great while. Um, so. Yes. Don't spoil it for me. Well, most of it just confuses and enrages me, so. Uh, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think either it's an outright lie or a cover-up. Uh, I would think that Count Olaf gets his comeuppance at the end, however. Uh, I like to think that happens. Probably. Um, but yet again... Uh, maybe not. Maybe he at maybe at the end of everything he still ends up getting away. Uh, a possibility yeah. is there. Um, Anything you want to add before we we wrap this up? Um, I think it's a show worth watching. Yeah, I if you it's really it's really interesting. Oh, I forgot to to point out one of my other favorite moments because it was this weird little bit of pandering that was so well placed. Okay in the reptile room where they're having dinner and um, Monty and 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 his new assistant who he didn't ask for are arguing about um, basically they're basically arguing about Netflix versus going to the movies or like watching a series versus what versus watching something or watching the full movie and, he, and like, there's a bit where he says, like, no, like the 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 his, like the the future the future of uh, uh the future of cinema like the future of cinema is in um is in short form episode like episodic entertainment, and then and then he stops and then he turns directly to the camera and he kind of gives this like weird little smile and it's it's like that's that oh that is like they make all of the wrong choices for all of the right reasons and it's wonderful. <laughs> And I think that's one of the things that I liked the most about this is that there's a certain amount of there's a in in the way it's constructed and the way it's filmed and, and how the actors are interacting with with each other. Yeah, there's this kind of playfulness and joy about it. Yeah, like Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf is fucking in love with doing this. Yes, like he really really loves the shit out of this. Yes, uh, and that that and to, and to me that. Above anything else, above anything else in a movie, in a TV show, in whatever, if I can tell that the people doing it are having a good time, are really loving it, then it makes it. I want to watch. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That makes it worth watching. At that I mean, point. it turn it. Yeah, it, it turn like for me, it turns things that other people would cast aside as garbage into these like little these little precious pieces of art. Yeah, because it's like somebody loved this and they loved it enough to make it and yes it's stupid and it's malformed and it's awful but but they loved it so much and they, and you can see where they did it where they made these choices intentionally because they thought they were good ideas or they didn't know they were bad ideas yeah and it's just like this is this is beautiful this is fantastic fantastic oh. 
All right. So yeah. So okay. I think uh, with that said, uh, that wraps this up. So your uh, guests still around? Yeah. Except you were right. They're just the dogs. I knew it. How did you find out? The ugliest one kept insisting on going out for her snacks. When I followed her the last time, it turns out that she was eating kitty poop out of the flower bed. It was Shadette in a wig and a skirt the whole time. Wow. You are... You are a genius. Yeah. After that, it was short order to discover the other two were Bosco and Ruger. So what did you do? I sent them downstairs to think about what they did. I'm sure they feel terrible about it all. They better. I filled up their food bowl and gave them a treat and a belly rub before I left. You... You don't understand how punishment works, do you? Uh, Never mind, don't answer, just... So did you find out who was behind it? No. They all played stupid, except for Shasta. She wasn't involved. I know who it was. You're on this knife, kitty mouse! Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. Theme music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts.